All right, welcome to Making the Argument. Before we get started, I have a very important announcement. We have a brand new deal with GoodRanchers.com. That's right. If you go into Good Ranchers and you use promo code Nick and you sign up for one of their subscriptions, you're not only going to get $15 off, but do you remember the old deal where you got two pounds of ground beef with each order? Well, we just upped the game. That's right. You can choose top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon now. Every single order you get on that subscription is going to come with free. Top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon. You get to choose which one if you use promo code Nick. And again, $15 off on top of that. That's a savings of $480 in meat by signing up for one of those subscriptions. Not to mention the fact that if you are looking for a gift for someone that is impossible to shop for, you can go on to GoodRanchers.com and get one of their brand new gift boxes. Now, this is a limited time only offer. It's part of their overall Black Friday special. So go on to GoodRanchers.com to get more details. Sign up for promo code Nick in order to get that deal and let's get on with the show. The new or perhaps old and just refurbished argument for everything that's going on in the country right now, especially with respect to rising gas prices, has to do with, you guessed it, orange man bad and it's all the Republicans' fault, which I find kind of interesting given who's currently in charge of the federal government in the United States. We're going to be discussing that and more on this episode of Making the Argument, where we make the arguments to defend a free society. All right, well, if you have been in the unfortunate position to watch some of the comments coming from the far left with respect to things like explaining gas prices or explaining why Russia has invaded Ukraine, what you've probably discerned from all of that is that essentially it's all Republicans' fault. It's all Donald Trump's fault. Um, and the reason why gas prices are higher is simply because Russia invaded Ukraine, and they never would have done that if, if Trump hadn't buddied up to Putin for four years. Um, and, and essentially the way that we're going to get out of this uh crisis with respect to rising uh, energy costs is uh, everyone's going to buy a Tesla. I mean, that's, that's apparently how we're going to do it. More solar panels, more windmills, that is going to save us. Now, if you're sitting back and you're looking at this going, huh, I don't think that's accurate. You're correct. And we're going to explain why. First of all, this whole idea that we can blame Russia for the soaring gas prices in the United States is a little bit absurd. That's not to say that it's not a factor. It definitely is a factor. And we're going to get to that in a way that you might find a little bit interesting here in a second. But the fact of the matter is, is that from when Joe Biden took office in 2020 to November of 2021, gas prices had increased almost 60% within that time frame. All right, so this is, this is not a single Russian tank, right, had crossed the border at this point in 2022. Right? We're still months away from the Russian invasion and gas prices had already increased almost 60%. Now, why was that? Well, generally speaking, right, and, and I've, I've had some economists that have tried to explain this away, but generally speaking, when the supply for something goes down, when it remains constant or goes down, at the same time that demand is going up, prices go up. Right? We all seem to understand this. Like Intuitively, we all get this. Right, if there's fewer of a particular commodity or service, there's, if there's less of it, but there's more customers, more people that want it, well, then they start bidding for more. Right, the the people that are actually providing the service have to charge more because they know they're going to have to pr produce more of this in the future. And what this does is it sends signals all throughout the economy. Right, so it's not some evil plot. Right, when there's less supply and more demand, prices go up, so that the supply goes to the people that want it the most. And then what also happens is it encourages other people to enter the marketplace in order to increase the supply because it's highly profitable. 
And then what ends up happening is you reach this equilibrium between the supply and the demand. Well, so what did Joe Biden do almost immediately coming into office? Well, he shut off the Keystone Pipeline. Now, regardless of what you think about pipelines, all right, regardless of what you think about green energy versus fossil fuels, et cetera, right? If you are going to shut down a major product project, which is going to provide more sources of energy, natural gas, oil, et cetera, if you're going to do that, right? Well, demand increases because demand for oil is, just, is steadily increasing. It's certainly not dropping off significantly. Then the end result is, is that you'll have higher gas prices. Now, combine this with the fact that multiple presidents from both sides of the aisle, I'm not giving Republicans a break here, right? Have engaged in inflationary monetary policy, right? They've been printing more and more money to the point where if you look at the total number of dollars in circulation, right? Total number printed over the last couple of years, it's a significant amount, like an ungodly amount of the money currently in circulation has been printed just within the last two to three years. And what that means is for every new paper dollar that they print out, right? The value of the existing dollars you have in your bank account drops. That's what happens. That's one of the reasons why prices are going up. It's not just because greedy you know, producers decided that they were going to arbitrarily charge more for the prices. No, the government has been basically destroying the value of your dollar. So when you're doing that at the same time that you're actually cutting off and reducing the supply of additional oil that's needed in order to meet the demand, prices go up. And that's what we've been seeing at the gas pumps all through the first year and now going through the second year of the Biden administration. Now, if you add on top of that, Russia invading Ukraine, right? Yeah, that's gonna cause some other problems within gas prices because Russia is also a major producer and supplier of oil, primarily to Europe, but also to the United States. In fact, under Joe Biden, at the same time that he was clamping down on our own energy product, domestic energy production, he was actually increasing the amount of oil that we purchased from Russia. In fact, it came close to doubling it. Now, that, do, that doesn't mean that we were getting the majority of our oil or even a significant amount. It was, it was less than 10% or right around there that we were actually getting from Russia, but it was still significant. So obviously, when you have a situation where a war breaks out and now there's going to be potential disruptions with respect to the demand for fuel, not to mention that you have a lot more fuel being diverted toward military operations as opposed to consumer activities, that's going to cause the price of oil to go up. Now, what's another reason why the price of oil might be going up in the United States? So we already said you're, you're, you're restricting domestic supply at the same time that you are engaging in inflationary monetary policy, right? Then a war takes off, which adds additional burden on the overall supply chain with respect to oil in the United States and, and everywhere else in the world. Then on top of that, you start boycotting Russian oil. Now, here's what I find fascinating. The same people that are saying we need to boycott Russian oil, right, because it's going to hurt the Russian economy and therefore hurt their war-making capability and that we have a moral duty and an obligation to... to restrict our ability to, to have that oil, they know it's going to cause oil prices to continue to go up in the United States and, and people are going to fill it at the pump. But here's what's fascinating. At the same time that we're saying, okay, great, if you want to restrict Russian oil in order to reduce their military capacity by hurting their economy, well, then I guess you're going to acknowledge that by reducing our own domestic oil production, you're hurting our economy. And that's where they get up and say, no, 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 that, that doesn't apply here. Uh, no, it applies. So if you're going to make the argument that we should boycott Russian oil in order to hurt the Russian economy to diminish their war-making capability, then acknowledge that 
hurting our own domestic oil production in the United States is also hurting our economy and having a negative impact on fuel prices with the United States. Now, they'll try to get around this sometimes. They'll be like, well, yeah, but the Keystone Pipeline, that's not even going into the U.S. domestic market. Let me explain something here because when they say this, a lot of people are like, oh, that's really interesting. I guess it doesn't really affect our gas prices. That's garbage. Yes, it does, and here's why. Because whenever we're talking about natural gas or oil, we're talking about world international traded commodities. We're talking about things that are affected by supply and demand all over the world. So if you increase the supply on the global market, it does have an effect on our own uh, energy costs here in the United States, even if it's not going directly into the gas station you know, on the other side of the pipeline, right? So it's just important to understand that. So this is what just, let's just do a quick wrap up of this energy policy because I want you to get this because you're gonna hear these arguments, they're absurd and we're explaining why. So first, no, Rush, the Russian invasion of Ukraine does not explain why gas prices are so high in the United States right now. It is a part of the explanation, but I would argue it's not even close to being the majority of the explanation. The majority of the explanation is, is our own energy policy has been to reduce the supply of domestic oil and natural gas in the United States, or, or at least uh, uh, cut its production to where what it would otherwise be, at the same time that we've engaged in inflationary monetary policy, at the same time that Democrats are always pushing for new regulations with respect to fossil fuels and then subsidizing green energy, right? So all of that has an adverse effect on what's going on at the pump. Then you add the Russian invasion on top of that, that disrupts international supply chains, that also has an effect. Then you boycott Russian oil. Again, funny enough, they admit that boycotting Russian oil will hurt the Russian economy, but they don't seem to think cutting our own production will hurt the American economy. So you add all those things together and that is what provides you the vast majority of the explanation for why gas prices are so high. And what's more irritating than the prices being so high has been the Democrat response to this. Because you've got some people being as ridiculous as saying, oh, well, this is all Trump's fault. That's funny because he's not, he's not controlling anything right now. You have other people saying that, well, really, this isn't a problem at all. This is a good opportunity to switch everyone to electric cars and green energy. First of all, let's just be really, really clear about something. The only sort of like clean energy that actually meets the sort of output that we require to meet consumer demand is nuclear. And even then, the nuclear energy is not doing a lot for your car. So we still rely greatly on oil and on natural gas for a lot of our transportation needs and a lot of our other energy consumption needs. So this idea that it's like, oh, we'll just build some more windmills or some solar powers, and then we'll never have to worry about this, this international market again. I'm sorry, we're just not there. Not to mention the fact that that electric car that the Democrats love so much, if you ever wanna look at the actual carbon footprint associated with getting the materials necessary in order to build that car in the first place, what you're gonna realize is that those electric vehicles, they might do a good job once they're already built and on the road with respect to reducing some of the pollution and emissions, but ultimately when it comes to things like getting rid of the batteries or all of the things that go into the construction of that car in the first place, we end up finding a lot of gas and natural, a lot of fossil fuels are being used to create that in the first place. All right, so let's be honest. There's nothing wrong with green energy. I don't got a problem with it, but I have a huge problem with the left coming out and suggesting that green energy is anywhere near capable of meeting our consumption needs without a significant commitment to nuclear power, which they don't like, right? And suggesting that you're telling everybody else out there that can't afford a forty to $50,000 Tesla or other sort of electric vehicle, that when they're saying, oh my gosh, it's costing me you know, a quarter of my paycheck to be able to fill up my car to go to work, the Democrat response is, tough, go buy an electric car, 
Let them drive Teslas. Like this is their version of the Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake. And when we come back and say, no, this is a, this is a real problem for us, their response seems to be, well, it's not a problem for them, so it's not a problem. So then they can go on moralizing about how we have a duty as a moral people in order to shut down our oil consumption with respect to Russian products so that we can help the people of the Ukraine. Well, yeah, they don't mind making that sacrifice because they're not really making it, at least not to the degree that a lot of other people that are, are middle income or lower income, it's hitting them far, more, far harder than it's hitting these rich elites that are telling everyone to go out and buy an electric vehicle. Not to mention the fact, this is a little bit of an aside, but I think it's worth mentioning, when you look at the polling for people that think we should go to war in Ukraine, people making fifty dollars to $100,000, it's all below 50%. You only get above 50% when you're talking to people making over $200,000 a year. So a lot of these same liberal elites that are telling everyone to go buy an electric vehicle if you don't like the gas prices are also the ones that are more gung-ho about going to war. I got a question. You think they're going to drive their Tesla over there and fight the war? Or do you think they'll be sending other people to do that for them? So yeah, I'm a little bit pissy about all this from the, from the arrogance and the hubris that I've heard on some of the reactions of the soaring gas prices, not to mention some of the economically absurd explanations that they've tried to push in the hopes that people just believe this because they want to see everything through a Democrat-Republican lens. And like I said at the beginning, I'm not giving Republicans a pass on part of the reason why gas prices are so high and prices in general are so high because Republicans have also been guilty of inflationary monetary policy. But now I want to get to one other thing, because this was one of the dumbest things I've heard in the General Assembly session this far, it, during this session, and it came from a guy who's not dumb, right? He, he's not an idiot, he's not stupid, he's a smart guy, but as he was giving his explanation for why oil price or why gas prices were so high and how the key was going to be more solar panels and windmills and all that other stuff, he also said that the reason why the Russian invasion took place in Ukraine is Republicans' fault. That's right. That's right. It's Trump's fault that Russia invaded Ukraine. It's Republicans' fault that Russia invaded Ukraine. Why was that? Well, because, because Trump cozied up to Putin. He was, he was letting him get away with things. And the Republicans cozied up to Putin. So now this is their fault. First of all, if you want to actually understand what's going on between Ukraine and Russia, you can't go back two years or 10 years or 50 years. You got to go back even farther than that to understand the literally hundreds year old relationship between Russia and Ukraine. You have to understand that. You have to understand that Ukraine used to be a part of the Russian empire. Then it was a part of the Soviet Union. The borders that we now understand as Ukraine were not always those borders. Some of those borders are actually fairly recent. So there's a lot of different reasons. Now, does any of that justify Russia invading Ukraine? Absolutely not. But for my Democrat friends, I would like to point something out to you. If you think that Russian, and specifically Putin's aggression toward the Ukraine, is a direct result of Trump's foreign policy and Republicans pandering to Putin, I just want to remind you of something. There was this little dust-up between Russia and Ukraine with respect to Russia invading Crimea, Crimea and annexing portions of it back into Russia. You want to know what administration that took place under? Barack Obama. So during the Obama administration, Russia was not just threatening. They weren't just saber rattling. They weren't just doing you know, armed exercises on the border of, of Ukraine. They were actually invading other countries within that region and annexing territory or basically getting them back into their sphere of influence. 
They were actively doing this with like little to no repercussions from the Obama administration. Then Trump comes into office. And wouldn't you know it, Russia doesn't invade the Ukraine or doesn't invade Ukraine anymore. Now, does it mean it's not saber rattling? Does it mean it's not still playing on the war? No, it's still doing all of those things. But the Trump administration made it very clear to Russia, and they proved it in some of their other foreign policy decisions and actions, especially in places like Syria, they proved to Russia and convinced Putin that if he went into Ukraine, a sovereign nation, there would be significant consequences from the Trump administration that Putin never experienced from the Obama administration. Obama was too busy making fun of Mitt Romney during his re-election campaign, seeing the 1980s called, they want their foreign policy back. <laughs> Aren't you so quippy? And then when he was back in charge, Russia decided to raise its head and demonstrate that it actually was a threat to its neighbors and to regional stability and security. And he let Putin get away with it. But for four years, you did not see the same activity out of Putin or the, or the Russian Federation. Now, what happens, you know, about two years into the Biden administration, or excuse me, a year and a, uh, less than two years into the Biden administration, Russia full on invades Ukraine. So Democrats are sitting here when, when Russia did all of its major, not just saber rattling, not just issuing threats, but actually invading sovereign nations to either pull them within their sphere of influence or to actually annex territory, the Democrats let them get away with it. They let them do it. Then the Russians stopped doing it when Trump was in office. And then shortly after Trump was out of office, even when Biden was increasing our, our oil consumption from Russia, Russia once again starts annexing territory, like going in and invading sovereign nations. And Democrats have the audacity to sit back and say this is Republicans' fault or specifically Trump's fault. No, what this comes from is a complete lack of understanding with respect to how to deal with strongmen. And I find that interesting because a lot of people on the left don't have any problem bringing the hard hand, the hard heavy hand of government when it comes to their own citizens. Gavin Newsom has no problem using executive authority to shut down businesses, destroy people's lives, keep kids out of school. Justin Trudeau has no problem using emergency powers in order to disperse a protest. They don't have any issue with the strongman tactics there, but they're not quite sure how to deal with it when it's a, a legitimate strongman invading a foreign nation. They act as if, well, this is just a question of economic sanctions, or this is just a question of dialogue and diplomacy. I got news for you. The sort of diplomacy Putin respected, the reason why he didn't make certain decisions when Trump was in office, was not because Trump was an expert at the application of soft power, it's because Trump was actually pretty good at convincing other people that if they crossed certain lines, there would be consequences that disincentivized people from crossing those lines, whereas Obama would draw red lines in the stand, let our enemies cross them, and do nothing about it. So forgive me, but the Democrat explanation for why gas prices are so high, combined with their solutions, are absurd and contradictory. And then the assertion that the reason why Putin invaded Ukraine was because Trump or Republicans coddled him, is also ridiculous based off of the very recent history that we saw under the Obama administration as well as the Biden administration. When you project weakness, which is exactly what both administrations and especially the Biden administration has done, all Putin had to do was look at the Afghanistan withdrawal to know he was gonna be able to get away with a lot with very little um, interference from the United States. 
whether you think we should go in or not, the idea is you don't want your enemies to think you'll never do it. But he knew because this administration projects weakness and their only explanation, their only response is to say orange man bad and it's all Trump's fault. And anybody paying attention knows that that is the worst, most intellectually dishonest, inconsistent form of passing the buck we've probably seen in recent political history. I'm Nick Freitas with Making the Argument. I want to thank you for joining us. Please leave us some comments, like and share, and we'll see you next episode. Once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, again, one of the best ways you can do it is by heading over to GoodRanchers.com with promo code Nick. You're going to get $15 off. You sign up for one of those subscriptions, and you're going to get up to $480 of free meat with that subscription. You get to pick top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, bacon. It is all up to you. Plus, if you're looking for gifts to get for the people that are impossible to shop for, GoodRanchers.com also has gift boxes. You need to act quick. This is part of their overall Black Friday special. So head on over to goodranchers.com, use promo code Nick, and once again, thank you for listening.